Welcome to another episode of Money You Should Ask. I'm your host, Bob Wheeler, and in this episode, we're going to explore, question, examine, converse, dig deep, expose, laugh, and cry about the money beliefs, money blocks, and life challenges of our next guest. Turn up the volume, listen, learn, and laugh. Good news, bad news. Bad news first. Growth comes from learning, which is a lifelong endeavor. Good news, growth comes from learning, which is a lifelong endeavor. At the Money Nerve Academy, we hold space to explore, navigate, discover, and heal your relationship with money. With our online course, Mastering the Emotions of Money, you can get in touch with your fears, blocks, and beliefs around money so that you can become more aware of your current financial story. By understanding why you do what you do with your money, you can create a different ending to your financial story than the one currently taking place. Check out themoneynerve.com and start mastering your emotions of money. You have wanted a camper since I met you. Yes. Like you were you were dating, um, you know, park rangers just <laughs> to see if you could steal a camper from that's someone. Right, that's right. That's So you've always wanted a camper. Yeah. So what's holding you back from you making this camper dream come true? Now, for Vicki Barbalak and the rest of my listeners out there that have been wondering about the pop-up camper, we finally, I finally got it. I found the perfect pop-up tent, and I'm taking it on its first virgin trip to the Grand Canyon, Zion, and Bryce, and the Arches. It led me to my next guest, um, which is Troy Morris. And what's cool about Troy is he's the owner of Raptor Ranch RV Park and Campgrounds, and um, also home of Bedrock City, which is where the Flintstones used to live before they moved on to a nicer house. And uh, it's 24 miles from the entrance of the Grand Canyon Southern Rim. So when you're visiting the Grand Canyon and you want a place to stay, this is one of the closest places to the park with hookups, 30 amp, 50 amp, um, everything in between, fires and stuff. Troy, thank you for having the time with me to talk about Raptor Ranch. Oh, thanks for having me. So, so you are originally from LA and you yep. were in industrial packaging. Right. And then you just decided I need to train some birds and I'm going to go to Arizona and like, what happened? Well, it, it goes back quite a ways. I'm, so I'm a falconer. I hunt with the birds of prey, okay. uh, hawks, falcons. And um, about 20 years ago, I had in the back of my mind to kind of go into semi-retirement, maybe open a bed and breakfast something around a tourist area where I could, uh, you know, display my birds as a point of interest to people. And um, so I started examining that possibility and I usually tend to overanalyze things. So, yeah. and I'm look when I'm looking for a tourist area, I got on the map and I started searching traffic patterns and in searching traffic patterns, um, the location that we found, which brought us here was the highest concentration of tourism traffic for any state national park in the country. So I put my finger on a map and I said, I want to do something here. And then the idea kind of evolved. It kind of grew into a larger, larger um, project. And um, we went actually in 2005, I had the business plan and was all ready to open Raptor Ranch, a birds of prey park. It did not have a campground or RV park or anything. And I acquired property five miles up the road, had some, um, People that can contested it with the county, um, it went to appeal. They decided it was going to be too successful and too busy. Yeah, you don't want to have too, too successful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Heaven forbid. Um, and just bring too much traffic to an area along the Grand Canyon corridor that wasn't um, commercialized. So, right. Um, so that was a, a big letdown. At that point, I'd had a lot of time and a lot of uh, money put into the project and planning. 
So I kind of tucked my tail between my legs. And then uh, after tossing and turning, I finally found another property that was closer to the commercial center. Uh, went back to the entire process again, which took about a year. Um, this time I did win on appeal. Went back to my bank. The bank said, well, we just need this um, feasibility study to be conducted. Yeah. That's the last thing they needed before they could fund it. So I went, had that done. That took almost six months. Yeah. And when I came back with that, with a glowing recommendation for this business plan, it was 2008 and the financial meltdown was upon us. And the bank said, sorry, Mr. Morris, we're no longer in the lending business. Yeah. Right? Timing is everything. Timing is everything. So, and then you finally got here and got started right before COVID. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> so you know, there was a long, we took a hiatus. We were waiting for the economy to pick up and it did. But for a startup operation, banks were still no longer funding something so out of the box as Raptor yeah. Ranch. So we were waiting and waiting. It's, uh, my, my partner, Ron Brown, and his wife, Angela, and my wife, Debbie, we're, kind of, we're all in partners together. And we we're sitting around and we said, you know, if we're not getting any younger. If we don't do this, we're never going to do it. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So, but we couldn't afford to build the property that we purchased because the infrastructure had nothing. We needed to put in a left-hand turn lane off the highway, deceleration lane. Right. And it was too costly to develop out of our own funds. So this property was available. It's 30 acres. Um, it had a lot of deferred maintenance. Uh, but I looked at Ron and I said, you know, we could start on this property. It's, yeah. it's, you know, it's bedrock city now, but we can change it and add to it. And it needs a lot. And I mean, a lot of work, but it's here. It's got access. It's got electricity. We've got you know, sewage, buildings, funky as they It's got be. some bones. It's got bones. We I mean, it's got some bones. dinosaur bones, but it's got bones. A lot of bones. A lot of <laughs> bones. So, um, you know, we sat around and looked at it. And um, basically, uh, my partner came up with a, a lot of money. And mm -hmm. um, we sold everything that we had, stocks and property, and kind of burned all the bridges. Burned all the bridges. Went all in. You know, there was, <laughs> there was no There's turning back. No going back to LA or any of that stuff. No. Here no, you are. No, I it was sold everything, you know. So. All right. And you dragged along some family. I think your sister is here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it started, uh, it was going to just be uh, my wife and I, and then uh, uh, her niece, Bridget, wanted to, to change. So she came up to help. And then, that cool? and then my mom came up and my sister and so, yeah, I've got the whole clan here. The whole much clan. Right now. That's cool. Yeah. Well, let, let me ask you this. So when you were five years old, were you thinking, I want to own a Falcon Ranch? A Raptors? Yeah, you know, I don't think, no, I wasn't thinking that far along. I, I was, uh, I've always been infatuated with uh, birds. My mom said when I was uh, a baby uh, in the crib, she had a parakeet that would perch on the, on the edge of the crib. So that may be where it all started. That may but, be started. But as long as I can remember, remember I've been infatuated with uh, birds of prey and I've been flying them and training them and breeding them for 30 years now. Wow. Yeah. Now, did you do that when you were in LA? I did. You yeah. did? Like, yeah. so there's not, I mean, there's a lot of planes and drones and traffic. <laughs> like, how do you train birds of yeah. prey? So I, I grew up in the South Bay and at that, you know, back in the seventies, mm. you could do it back then, but that area kind of got congested. So we actually moved uh, 50 miles out into the suburbs. Oh, okay. Uh, into, into Corona. And that's, okay. uh, the large portion of deciding to live there was because I had access to fly my falcons and cool. things of that nature. And then that area is getting more and more congested and built up. And, uh, I was driving 50 miles one way to work on the 91 freeway. Oh, so, geez. um, that was getting really old. That gets so, old. Yeah. 
Yeah. That gets old. Yeah. And do you, is, do you just have the one sister? Do you have other siblings? Uh, yeah, I have an, another sister. Uh-huh. Uh, she's still in California. Okay. Yeah. She made the choice to stay. She's yeah. on the other yeah. side of the bridge. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, has she been out here? No, she has not she been out not. here yet. No. <laughs> All right, sis, get out here. Um, <laughs> and, um, and so, um, you had this dream and it took a while, but you it were did. very persistent. Like what are, what made you say to your partner, Ron, like now it's do or die. Like now or never. What was it that like, was there like at some point we know it's not going to happen anymore if we don't. Yeah. It was, it was kind of a gradual thing. So, you know, after OA, we, we knew we were going to have to put on hiatus for a while. So right. we, we said, all right, we're just going to, we're going to shelf this and, we're going to wait. And we were waiting and waiting. And even though the economy picked up, the lending for a startup business just it just became apparent to us. It was never going to be the way that it was. We would yeah. probably never get the funding to start it in the way that we thought we were going to start it. So we kind of you know got together and looked at the funds that we had and said, yeah. okay, this is how much we have. How, how do we make something start? How do we start growing a company with these amount of funds? And my my partner had some uh, commercial properties. He did a, a land exchange on the sale of those that mm-hmm. helped us buy into this property. And uh, we brought in the money to, to fix it up and, uh, and just decided we could actually make a go of it with our limited funds. Mm-hmm. And uh, we decided, I told my wife, you know, and she's a city gal. We are, okay. to give you an idea, we're, we're 50 miles from the nearest, you know, Sam's yeah. Club. There's a hundred miles from a Costco. Right. Okay. Okay. So I took my city girl wife and I said, Oh, you're going to love it. Cause she's a real people person. Right. Uh-huh. I said, we get international travelers, people from all over the country. You're going to meet all these interesting people. Uh-huh. So I came up here for a year to get the property ready. And while well, she stayed in California, got the house ready for sale. And she finally comes up here. And when she got here, COVID had just hit. Oh, Grand no. Canyon was closed. And there was not a soul in sight. Oh, no. And it's like, oh, boy, what have we done? <laughs> what have we done? But she was still in. Yeah. Well, like I said, we'd burn all the bridges. We burned I mean, all everything the bridges. Everything was sold. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes spouses don't want to come along for the dream or they reluctantly come along for the dream. So um, it's sort of important to be out here having somebody that's like all in. Yeah. 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 She's definitely been all in. She's uh, she's a good sport about it. And it's... Uh, it's been tough. It was uh, nowhere in the business plan did it say worldwide pandemic. You right, know? right. Uh, it was not in the business plan. In the business plan, I looked back on 2008, and we looked at what that did to business in this area, yeah. uh, which was certainly sustainable and not a problem. But uh, the whole COVID thing really uh, at, uh, that really made it tough the first year. But we're just uh, we, we look at it as it set us back a year. Right? Yeah, so exactly. We had to but- suspend some building and some major improvements that we wanted to do to the property um, to have ready for this year. But when COVID came out, we kind of stopped on some of that, not knowing if we're going to have to sustain, you know, two years, you know? Um, So we, we pulled in our horns a little bit, just continued planning and uh, fixing things up uh, with what we could do ourselves with our small crew and uh, just um, planning on now uh, getting ready to do some of the major improvements that we had planned on doing last year. No, that's cool. Now, have you had any interesting people come through from all around the world, even though it's at like, what, 70% uh, 
is down of tourism, but well, I mean, we there 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 really is no international visitation this year. Oh so yeah, it's, that, all, it's yeah. all domestic, right? Yeah, that's right. So, but yeah, we've we've met a lot of interesting people from around the country. That and finally, you know, around oh September, people started moving around and traveling around more. Um, so yeah, we're we're starting to see some of those people, but uh, it was pretty eerie there for a while. So, yeah, that's yeah. got to be rough. Yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. do you live on the premises or do you? Uh, I do. We've got, uh, it's 30 acres here. And on the south side, we've got uh, a house there. Oh, nice. Uh, set up. And then I've got a 120 acre parcel up the road that's got a home sign on it where most of my bird barns are and uh, most oh, okay. of my birds are. Yeah. Oh, okay. So the birds are on the other barns. You probably won't ever bring them. No, to- the intent was to build all of the barns here. Mm-hmm. Um, but when COVID hit, I didn't want to spend, you know, $150,000 putting in facilities for birds that I've already got up the road, right? Yeah, that so we, makes sense. Yeah, we put a hold on that. We're just kind of uh, driving the birds in here every day and doing flight demonstrations with them. And then we'll uh, continue to pursue uh, the housing for the birds here. Now, that's super cool. So last, yesterday, I got to see two of the bird show, two of the birds. Uh-huh. Uh, the ones, it starts with a P. The peregrine. Peregrine. Yeah. Uh, which is a beautiful, beautiful bird. Yeah. Um, loves pigeon, by the way, but no <laughs> birds were harmed in the, uh, at least not immediately. Uh, uh, they might have been harmed a little earlier when they had to give up their legs. Um, uh, but, uh, I got to watch me. That was, or she, that was she, her. Yep. Yep. The other bird was a white bird, I believe. Yeah. He was okay. a, a hybrid, uh, jeer peregrine hybrid. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So I didn't know that, uh, birds could, uh, interbreed, so to speak. Yeah, it's generally done through um, artificial insemination. Oh, yeah, okay. we don't have to go into the details. Oh, okay, there, but, all right. But, I'm like, but uh, yeah, but it's also done naturally if you put the birds okay. together. Yeah, I didn't know if the birds like you're not my type. You know? Yeah, they kind of get that way. <laughs> okay, yeah. all right. And then, how many birds do you have? Like that you're breeding, and that's um, I've got in the neighborhood of fifty birds. Wow. And then I know somebody was here yesterday that wanted to train their birds. So do you let people come and train their birds or are um, there just people that, that you- that's a friend of mine who's out here helping out right now. Okay. Um, so people don't come to train their birds here, but we're part of what Raptor Ranch is going to do is let people experience flying birds of prey. Okay. So we'll have uh, beginner falconry le- lessons for people. Oh, awesome. Uh, so they can learn to fly a bird of the fist and, and things of that nature and introduce people to falconry and what that's all about. Oh, that's super cool. Yeah. I yeah. remember seeing a show where um, this woman went to train with these falcon trainers in like uh, Mongolia. Mongolia. Yeah. yeah. And these these birds have been trained this way for like what a thousand years or two thousand years, yeah. and then at a certain point they let the birds go or something. But and she was there like a year right, or something. Right, right. Like you won't do it that long. You just like no. These will be brief. These will be brief. Uh, you know, uh, uh, two to four hour uh, programs where people can learn about the birds, learn to handle them, get an mm-hmm. uh, experience flying the birds, and just an introduction to falconry, which is the sport of hunting wild quarry with a trained bird of prey. Okay. Yeah. And what is your, I know if the other birds, hopefully they don't hear this, wh- who's, which is your favorite bird? Uh, the peregrine falcon is my favorite bird. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They're, they're, a, they're a popular bird for falconry. Uh, they always have been. They're vigorous birds. They're easy to get along with. They're courageous. They're fast. They're a lot of fun. And how do they, why do they keep coming back? Like, you know, if it's it me, I'm not much of a rule follower, so I might, like, the minute you let me free, I'm going to, like, freaking haul over to the next mountain. Well, the, the first thing you have to do with the bird is uh, 
get it tamed so it trusts you. Right. And then, uh, you know, when you're feeding it and rewarding it, it realizes that you're not going to hurt it. You kind of develop a bond. Mm-hmm. And then when they fly around, they, um, they want to come back because you're going to, you're going to show them where the food is. When you're hunting, mm-hmm. you're going to flush that quarry for them. And they're like, they realize that this, you know, this, uh, guy walking around is good because he flushes these ducks for me to fly and catch. And, uh, and they just realize it all works out. You know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. And how has it been in the local community? Have they been pretty excited? I mean, I know I'm sure they're excited that, that Bedrock is still around. Yeah. Home of, uh, Flintstones used to live here. Um, how have the birds been received locally? Uh, very, very well. Very mm-hmm. well. A lot of people interested in it. Uh, a lot of tourists are interested in seeing it, but yeah, the locals like it. They think it's kind of, uh, you know, it fits with the, uh, topography in the area into the corridor of the Grand Canyon. So, uh, yeah, it's been, uh, very well received. What would you say to somebody that's out there that, uh, has a dream that's maybe not like everybody else? Cause certainly having a, a raptor ranch is probably not most. People aren't like, I just want to be a fireman. But um, like, what would you say to somebody that's got this sort of dream that's a little different than everybody else? What, what would you say to somebody out there that's... Um, you know what? Just uh, just don't give up on it, right? So this, this has taken a long time to get here, but we never forgot about it. You know, you get bumps in the road and things that may delay you or stall you. But if you've got a good idea and you know it's going to work, then follow up on it and stick with it, even if it takes a little longer than you thought it might. Um, you know, a lot of people come up with good ideas, and then they just never follow through with them, right? Yeah. So um, Ron, my partner, and our wives always knew that this was a good concept in this area. Uh, we didn't have a doubt about it. It was just about how do we, how do we make it happen. And that was right. the challenge. In our case, it took an extended amount of time but we never lost sight of the dream that it's still a good concept, even though we had delays, you know, uh, the, the financial meltdown, the mortgage crisis, and then COVID. It's still a good idea, and I'll still come back, but you just got to stick with it. If you just throw it to the side, then it never materializes. Yeah, and so I think for what I'm hearing is you kept the big picture alive. So you didn't necessarily know uh, – what property it was going to be at. You didn't know that there was going to be an RV camp with it. Right. Um, but you knew Grand Canyon area, birds of prey. Right. This is going to happen. Right. And then we'll figure out the rest, but we're not given, like, we're not going to lose sight of the mountain. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, keep your eye on the ball in that regard and then be flexible. I mean, this property, you know, had a campground on it and that was in the original plan. It's like, well, we'll, we'll take that. We'll take know? it. And then, uh, you know, even the, um, the, the Flintstones theme, that wasn't, uh, part of something that we thought we were really going to keep at all. Yeah. Um, but it was so popular with people. We thought, well, why get rid of it? You know, it costs $250,000 to take it all down. We'll right. just, you know, we'll just clean it up yeah. and uh, let people enjoy a giant children's playground. And we're just adding to it with rock climbing walls and big, uh, jump pillows and things. And just fortunately, we had enough room on the property to do our birds of prey stuff on the north side of the property right. and let this remain as it, um, as it is. Yeah. And when you, I'm just wondering how it felt to sell the house, uh, leave everything behind. Like, it, it, was there any moment where you went like, holy shit? I, yeah, <laughs> I, I remember it vividly. It was, uh, I, I'd been, um, the job I was at previously, I was there for almost 35 years. It was a startup company. 
Uh, I started with the owner of the company and we were the first two employees. Okay. And we went to a $40 million a year company. So pretty good sized business. Pretty you know, and I was comfortable there and it was, yeah. a, it was a good business. It was a good living, but I wanted to, to make this change. So, uh, when we finally, I'd given notice at my business and the time for me to leave was fast approaching. I woke up in a cold sweat in the middle of the night. I dreamed that I sold everything and bought a cartoon town in the middle of the desert. Oh my God. And when I woke up, I realized, oh, it's just a dream. And then I realized, no, it's not a now dream. You've not- actually done this, right? You've done it. <laughs> yeah. So that was, uh, there were some chilling moments, you know, it was, it was pretty scary there for a while, but you know, you, you just, at the end of the day, we're all here for a limited amount of time and then we're well, going to die. Right. Exactly. So I couldn't help. I didn't want to look back one day in a rocking chair and say, you know, I should have done this. Yeah. You know, should have, could have. So, you know, it comes a point in time where you just got to, you got to make the leap. Of course, you know, I mean, you don't leap without looking, you know, you, you plan accordingly and you, you do it when the timing is right. But it comes a point where, you know, you got to, you got to jump, right? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what would you say is the biggest reward from all of this? Uh, just having something that's, um, that's yours, you know, and you're kind of in control of it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so my sister's here and she came from a corporate background, you know, and it's, uh, it's corporate, right. Yeah. And it's, uh, but this is, um, it's different here. We can do what we want. It's a family business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, um, it's enjoyable and, and controlling your own destiny. Yeah. There's something nice about that of actually being able to be in charge Yeah, of like, maybe I'm not making $5 million. Right. Um, and cause again, for me, I don't even think it's about the dollars that we're making. It's about the pleasure that we're having, the experiences we're having. And it just like, just seemed like yesterday was, um, Halloween. And so all the kids were coming in in costumes for the yeah. candy yeah. and the bird show and just watching Everybody just like, wow, like, yeah, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's a, it's an enjoyable type of business. You know, people are on vacation and, um, you know, it's a lot of fun. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to cover the nut, right? You gotta, yeah. you gotta pay the bills and gotta you, know, pay the bills. you make some money at the end, but it's not all about the money, but it's certainly, um, you know, it, it's a little pride of ownership, you know, goes along with it. So, yeah. yeah. So I do think it's awesome to be able to be in charge of your own destiny. Yeah. That is for sure. And I think a lot of listeners out there and just a lot of people I work with in workshops, stuff like that, uh, they have a dream and then they're just too afraid to go for it. Yeah. Right. And so um, I I think one of the things I would just say to people out there is like, go for it. Like you're going for it. You know, I mean, you just sold everything. You've uh, like burned all the bridges. Uh, There's no going back. Yep. Um, And no regrets. No, no. I mean, even after COVID, you know, um, that made it tough. That wasn't the plan, but you know, we're going to get through it. But, uh, you know, I think the key is, you know, looking before you leap, looking at well. And I mean, I studied this, you know, a lot, you know, <laughs> so I, I, you know, we kept looking back and it's like, this is a good plan. This is going to yeah. work. You know, there's no way this is not going to work unless you're just completely, you know, mismanage it. Right. So, um, yeah, Did- you just got to make that decision at some point after you checked everything you gotta just you gotta go you gotta go yeah. and did you have naysayers did people like when you quit your job were they like troy what are you doing 
Or was everybody no, really supportive? No, I think everyone was pretty positive. Um, yeah, I think generally people were pretty positive. You know, I don't okay. think I really had anyone that just said, no, no, don't do it. Yeah. You know, and is your, and your mom's on board now. I mean, she's, I mean, she's yeah. obviously here. So she's, yeah. Um, <laughs> she, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The train yeah. left the station and everybody jumped on. Exactly. exactly. That's cool. Yeah. And have a lot of any of your LA friends or any of those folks come out this way yet? Or yeah. It- yeah. I've had a bunch of friends come by. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. They all, uh, you know, making a point to go to the Grand Canyon and stopping by and saying hello while they're up here. So it's kind of nice to see them. Yeah. And, you know, I just had this thought. I don't know how long birds of prey live. I mean, I'm sure that's different ages for different ones, but you were talking about your favorite bird. Um, how long, uh, what's their lifespan? Um, so peregrines uh, in captivity can live to be about 25 years old. Okay. And some of the larger birds, like the eagle owls, substantially longer. Some of the smaller birds you know, last 15 years or so. So, okay. Yeah. yeah. Do you have like, will this become a sanctuary? I mean, do like, ha, like w- the birds will be here for, you know, maybe for the next 200 years, there might be birds here. <laughs> right. Uh, and bedrock may be here for 200 more years. Right. Right. Um, right. How do you plan for their legacy for their, uh, well, you know, you get birds. It's like having an older dog or cat, you know, they just uh, kind of go into retirement. They're not going to do the flight routines that they okay. did when they were younger because they just slow down, but you just keep them comfortable and house them. And, uh, eventually we do plan on opening a rehabilitation facility here oh, cool. for wild birds that uh-huh. are injured in the area. Yeah. Um, but first I've got to get all my birds over here first and then, yeah. uh, and then get some corporate sponsorship to help us out with uh, putting up, uh, uh, medical facilities so we can uh, repair some of these birds that have been uh, injured in the wild. Okay. Awesome. So it's definitely in the business plan. Yeah. That's super cool. I yeah. saw a whole bunch of black type hawks, maybe that were in the grand Canyon near the rim. Ravens. Those are ravens. Yeah. There's a lot of ravens there. But yeah. wow. They look so different than the ones in LA. <laughs> well, in, in LA, what you're seeing are, are crows, right? Uh, okay. So crows, they're similar to both corvids, but the ravens are, uh, okay, quite a bit larger because they draft. I mean, they float through the wind. And oh, they're outstanding flyers. Yeah. Yes, I was like, "There's no way yeah. that's a crow." Yeah, no. So ravens. it wasn't a crow, but it's a raven. The ravens, and we've got ravens too here. That, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're obviously doing something right here because you know when I once I knew the name because um, uh, my sister found the place because she got we got lost trying to find the other place and she called ahead. She was the you know. The navigator. preacher. She was the navigator. She did the, you know, what do they call those people that got the scout? She was the scout. She came out early uh-huh. and then was like, no, the other place is terrible. It's, we can't find it. But, um, one of the things that when I did look it up though is so many people have said, oh my God, I went to Raptor Ranch. They're the nicest people. They let us watch the bird show as part of the staying over there. And like everybody's just been, it's a family business. Yeah. I, I think I've met your mom and your sister. I've met your niece. Um, I don't know if I met your wife. I, I've met a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and everybody has just been uh, all about making it a warm, friendly, family feeling. Um, and that's nice because I'm from LA. People get a little right? cynical yeah. Yeah, pretty yeah, yeah, quick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we want we want people to to feel welcome here, and uh, you know, hopefully they have a good experience and they'll come back. And uh, um, but it's easy to do because it's a lot of fun. 
It's amazing. Yeah. So where can people find you on social media? Uh, Raptor-Ranch.com is our website address. And of course, we're on Facebook and Twitter as well. All right. So we're going to check all that out. I yeah. hope that our listeners out there, when they get ready to come to the southern rim of the Grand Canyon, they'll stop at Raptor Ranch and yeah. spend a few nights. It's been great. I've, I love the RV hookup. I mean, even, I have a pop-up, so it's a little better than being off on the ground. So yeah, yeah, yeah. life is good. So I listen, I so appreciate you taking the time. I love what you guys are doing here. I love that you're following your dream. And I just hope that thousands of international people come through after COVID. Yeah. So your wife gets to meet all those people. And uh, like you guys just keep living the dream. Yeah, thank you. Well, we appreciate you guys coming by and staying with us and uh, come back again next time you're in the area. I will absolutely do it. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I just want to say to our listeners, don't forget to share the love. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Search for Money You Should Ask, all one word. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, or your favorite podcast player. And if you prefer to watch our episodes, head over to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. Troy, awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. 